It was Greta Thunberg who picketed the Swedish parliament, inspired strikes and protests, and rightfully berated world leaders all over their inaction to address climate crisis. But there is another person who with one single act may have had more impact on the future of our planet than Greta could ever have dreamed of. And he is that other climate crusader, Vladimir Putin. Yes, Vladimir Putin. Hi Heidi and hi Brent. Hello. So Greta and Putin, eco-warriors. Now even I am a, a bit of a loss as to how you've made this connection. Please, please explain. I've been reading quite a bit of press in German recently. Okay. And there are quite a few things in that that haven't shown up in the English-speaking press yet, namely a prioritization of what if we cut off gas from Russia for the entire German economy and crater our own economy in the attempt to get off fossil fuels. A massive, massive move. Yeah. Which, with huge ramifications, I'm guessing. Yes. Great benefit also. You're off fossil fuels, there's that. Right. It's great for the environment, yeah. but are we ready to do that? And the right. really interesting thought that went through both of our minds was, three or four years ago, everyone on the conservative side of the spectrum was painting Greta Thunberg as a radical we can't go off of fossil fuels. We won't go off of fossil fuels. We couldn't consider that. Well, Vlad Putin seems to have come along with the exact same message, just in a different packaging, and Greta and <laughs> Vlad Putin are both coming up with the same message. Do you think they called each other up? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if they're like best buds or if they're on speed dial. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, I doubt it. either one of them take calls from the other. Uh, interestingly, in New York City, we currently have the New York Auto Show. It's being sponsored by Con Edison, our electric company, ah. because electric cars are the push and they want to become more relevant in America right, right. and start pushing electric cars to get off of fossil fuels. It used to be you would have like Shell Oil sponsoring Absolutely. your car show. Absolutely. Now you have your electric company sponsoring your car show. And if you thought three years ago that this was just noise about going green and you could put lipstick on that pig and get away with it, the noise is louder. Yeah. The problem is more urgent. And the reason that Germany is perhaps on the front edge of what these impacts are going to look like is that due to some really cockeyed decisions under Gerhard Schröder right. in the early 2000s, they are 75% dependent on Russian gas for their fuel load overall. Wow. And that means you have companies like Bayer that produces pharmaceuticals. You have chemical companies. You have major global exporters right. I mean, looking at, can we run this off of wind energy right. by next week? And it really is interesting because initially when I was reading, I was like, oh, that's really bad for the consumer, for the household. They're not going to have natural gas to run their stove and run their heat. But then you start hearing about industries that are driven off of natural gas. And you're like, oh, BMW and Volkswagen, they're not going to be able to produce cars because they don't have energy. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, considering Germany as a business and its economy is its business, 
75% of putting your eggs in that one basket does seem a little short-sighted. We've known for a long yeah. time. We've yeah, been talking goes, about wind technology forever. We've been talking about solar panels for panels it goes, forever. It goes back to our discussions around supply chain. Do not focus your supply chain on a single right, responsible right. group. And to their credit, Germany has gone much further than most countries yes. in climbing over to wind and yeah, solar. they have. But, but it was a couple really questionable choices in the early 2000s that numerous people called out as risky at that point. And it's really, if you regard Germany as a company, they made their supply chain dependent on right. an irresponsible supplier. You should never do that with your business. Well, well, it's interesting also one of the ramifications as to why they became dependent on natural liquid natural gas is that they wanted to shut down their nuclear power plants and for safety reasons. Right. And the coal plants. Right. You're taking one source offline and then you're committing to another source. Yes, it was probably the right thing to do at the time. But don't put all your resources into one supply. I mean, there's, there's lots of reasons this is going on. I mean, politicians, wherever they are, are not credited with looking too far ahead because they no. may not be in office to reap the benefits of a policy mm. they created years ago. I learned many years ago, leaders, uh, especially political leaders, they do what they need to do to write their resume for the next position. Yes, Imagine this, Germany's your client, you've got your work cut out. What, what's your advice to Germany now? I think that the answer probably is that there are hard times ahead, which if I'm prog prognosticating for any of our global clients or for any of our American clients, I would ask what does that mean as a small manufacturer in Indiana for you if you right. can't get your high-quality components from Germany because they may not be there in six months. And there right. are going to be some severe and extreme disruptions, I think, to the supply chain based on the war in the Ukraine that people have not yet begun to imagine. And so there's an impact for Germany, hard times ahead, that also fundamentally weakens the European Union, since they are one of the major players in it. But it means quite a bit if any of your chemical supplies or precision manufacturing is coming from Germany. Right, which it is could be highly likely it is. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it's interesting, and I'm not advising anybody uh, invest their money, but wind and solar right now are growing rapidly. Right. Uh, the companies themselves, because the call for them has become so great, they can't even keep up with the, with the demand, uh, along with supply chain issues that they're having also, uh, because much of the steel for the wind generators right. yep. came out of Russia. They're having challenges of their own, but there is such a demand for wind energy now to start replacing rapidly what's right. going on and how do we get past this problem that we've created and it's not just in Europe, it's everywhere. We, yeah, want it. yeah. we need wind, we need solar, and we need it now. Absolutely. Um, and to go back to that idea that, ironically, Putin might have led us to finally... Take uh, Greta seriously? Take Greta seriously <laughs> and make that switch. That's not going to happen overnight. Wind turbines aren't going to go up overnight. No. Solar panels aren't going to go up overnight. And you said the supply chain issues. But the moment 
that factories start closing. And that's not a position any politician or any European or anyone in the world is going to want to see any country in. Um, do you yeah. think Germany might just be tempted to do that, that deal with the devil? I think Germany is, and I'm seeing this above and beyond anything I've seen in Asian press, in American press, in British press, they are having fundamental conversations about where their ethics lie. Right. It's actually right. personally a relief to hear them speaking so openly and honestly about what this will mean. Does that mean that they're going to make one of these difficult compromises? Hard to say. Mm. But they're at least leading conversations around what it means, whereas a lot of the rest of the world seems to be still in the have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too category. It's true in whichever country. I don't think there's any other industry that is so politically intertwined as energy. I mean, every mm. level of, of its extraction, its distribution, its consumption, every facet, every part of energy is in the politician's interest. Yeah, um, well, it's, in, it's interesting. State attorney generals in the United States are looking at the gas producers and distributors in America. Why is the price of gas exponentially gone up so much higher than the price of oil? And it's almost, right. it, it, they're, they're looking at, is this price gouging? Is right, this systemic right. price gouging? Because, yes, the cost of oil went up 25%. The cost of fuel for your car went up 40%. How is that possible? Right. Someone's yeah. finally asking the questions. We uh, quite recently had an energy audit done on our home uh, with the thought of getting in solar panels. And we were told that over the next 20 years, we will spend $100,000 on energy, just electric, not gas or anything else. Mm. And we could write off that energy bill with around about $28,000 worth of solar installation. Um, yeah. So from a homeowner's point of view, we're getting quite close to where that's... We didn't go with it in the end. It was just, you know, mm. but we're keeping our eye on it. Uh, mm. Solar technology is becoming cheaper, more efficient. Um, we're going to get to the point for homeowners where that's a good investment. Um, it's going to yeah. add value to our homes. It doesn't help industry. But I think it is a harbinger of, if you're looking at the Greta Thunberg, Vlad Putin, what are they both telling us? Mm. There's a paradigm shift for all of us. What the AGs are doing with do we need to regulate energy costs more stringently to stop price gouging? How do we become energy independent, both as industries and as homeowners, and being more inventive around what we need to change because this can't go on the way no. it's going? Absolutely. You know, and... We should have been moving along these lines 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. But because yeah. of that, the politics, because of the lobbying, it, it yeah. wasn't, it isn't happening. It didn't happen. And it we should never have. Wanted, we never want to change until the place we're at is so nope. painful that we have and to we change. And we were told that we didn't want to change. That, that's right. the other side of it. So uh, what have we got to look forward to next week, Heidi? Uh, I think we're going to do a little bit about change. We're sort of on the topic of change here, but we're going to do a little bit about change. Okay. As we like to say, the only person who likes change is a wet baby. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much. I'll speak to you next week. All right, Chat we'll next, talk week. next week. Bye. Bye.